Daniel chapter 10, Daniel's vision of a man. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true and it concerned a great, lo- a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he had said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face towards the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I'm overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. Good evening. When I was at primary school, there was one particular teacher who everyone remembers. Um, He was at the school football coach. Um, he used to, to ride on his bike to school uh, every morning. He would also, um, at break time, stand in the playground looking across all the children and um, just casually smoke his, uh, his cigarettes as he looked out. And I remember one uh, particular day I was in his class, uh, a teacher from another class came in and rushed into the room and said, look, one of my kids has done a runner. So quickly he bolted up, out the door, out the gate, down the road, and then no word of a lie... Uh, about two or three minutes later, he came back with that kid over his shoulder and his bike uh, over the other shoulder. But whenever this teacher spoke, he would listen. 
because of who he was, you would listen to his words. And here in Daniel 10, we get a picture, a vision, of why we should listen to the Lord. So let's pray as we start. Lord, we pray we'd listen to your words. Not to my words, but to yours, Lord. Help us to listen to you this evening and to see Jesus more. Amen. Uh, this is the start of Daniel's third vision. And unlike the other visions, it's a captured, whichever things are captured in one chapter, this is uh, captured in three chapters, 10, 11 and 12. And chapter 10 tells us where this vision came from. 11 is the content and chapter 12, the conclusion but really, in 10.1, we get the introduction to the whole thing. So let me just read to you that verse. 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, uh, king of Persia, a revelation, a, Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who's called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. So just as we become to this, this vision, it's good to put our, our historical hats on, just to get an idea, a grounding of where we are. So if this is the third year of Cyrus, then it places us in about 536 BC, uh, three years after Cyrus defeated Babylon. Uh, and we know that because of something called the Cyrus Synodah. Uh, you can go and see it for yourself if you went up to the British Museum. You could see it in there, or just go to Google, the, the British sites, you'll find it as well. And then that tells us all about that, that war. But crucially for us, that means it's three years since some of those first that were de deported off from Jerusalem have now gone back uh, to the land. And Daniel would know that. He would have heard how those men and women and children started having worship at the temple, or a form of temple worship. He would have heard how the walls had started being rebuilt. All good news, but he would have also heard how the work had stopped, how things had stalled. And so Daniel now in his 80s longed, longed for the Lord to speak again, longed to, to say what was going to happen. And so that brings us to our first point, our first big idea. Daniel longed to hear the Lord speak. Do we? Daniel longed to hear the Lord speak. Do we? Have a look and listen to verses 2 and 3. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. And then verse 4, on the 24th day of the first day, first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. Verse 4 tells us that this happened at the very start of the year, and so we know that first week, everyone was fasting. But Daniel takes that on for two more weeks. He's so distraught by what he hears of happening in Jerusalem. He so longs to hear the Lord speak that he fasts. And we know from chapter 1, don't we, that Daniel, as a teenager, sort of stopped eating some of those foods, but clearly that's not been his practice. So here he's fasting because he longs to hear the Lord speak. Now this is not a passage about prayer and fasting. It's not telling us uh, a doctrine, a theology of prayer and fasting but it is showing us an example of someone who did it's showing us 
an example of someone who was so desperate to hear the Lord speak, he prayed and fasted. I wonder if you've ever been really desperate for something. I mean, I can remember when I was younger as a child, I was desperate to have Tracy Island. You know, maybe you remember it being made on Blue Peter. I didn't want that one because my crafting ability really isn't up to it. It would just fall apart the second I tried. No, um, I wanted a real plastic Tracy Island from the Thunderbirds, in case you didn't know. Um, one that had sounds and all that sort of stuff. I was desperate for it. And thankfully, my parents being very kind, they, they got it for me at Christmas. I wonder if you can remember anything that you've been desperate for. But do we have that same desperation to hear the Lord speak? Daniel gave up all the things he enjoyed because he wanted to concentrate and hear the Lord speak. Do we have that same longing? Would we give up a meal so that we could concentrate on hearing the Lord speak? Do we have that desperation? It's a challenge, isn't it? Daniel longed for the Lord to speak, do we? But here's the second big idea. Do we know the Lord who speaks? Do we know the Lord who speaks? Verse 5, Daniel is visited by a man dressed in linen. He's visited by an angel. And just like his previous visions, it is awesome. Just for a minute, just, just close your eyes and just try and imagine the scene. Imagine a man that is built like a statue uh, and a belt that is made of pure, fine gold. Uh, imagine someone whose torso is the, the brilliant blue of the sea, like topaz. I, imagine someone whose face is, is like the biggest lightning storm you've ever seen uh, and whose eyes are like flaming torches. Imagine his biceps and his triceps, his calves and his thighs are like that of bronze. And then his voice. His voice is like the roaring sound of a crowd speaking with one accord. It is an awesome image. An awesome image. Uh, and Daniel was not alone in this image, although... The others did not see it. Only Daniel saw it, but yet they were so impacted they ran. They ran. And Daniel was left alone. And there will be part of us that sort of is slightly envious of Daniel. We sort of wish that we had the, the same sort of experience. But you notice the impact it had on him. Just, just look at verse 8. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. No strength. Deathly pale. Helpless. This vision had, had a, a physical impact on Daniel. This isn't Daniel kind of sat back in a comfy armchair watching the fireworks on New Year's Eve. This is Daniel being in the monks of an earthquake that's all around him. It's a mighty vision of God's messenger. That God's messenger is mighty because of the one who sent him. If you were to go up to the capital, to London, and went to Buckingham Palace, you'd see some of the Coldstream Guards, and you know, the guards with the big hat on, 
And I think they're impressive. They're almost awesome. Not because they've got a, a great big gun on their side, or they do have that, but because of where they are, because of where they come from, because of who they represent. Because you know, really, they've been sent by the Queen, ultimately. They represent and protect her. They are, are awesome because of the person they've come from. This angel is awesome, is mighty, because he comes from the one for whom all might has its birth. This angel is majestic, because he comes from the one who is beyond description in majesty. This angel is magnificent, because he comes from the Lord God Almighty. So is it any wonder that as this angel speaks, Daniel falls to the ground, The word of the Lord is mighty, majestic and magnificent. And that is what we hold in our hands. We hold something that is mighty, majestic and magnificent. Do we know that? I mean, if you're like me, all too often, you, you can forget it. And the Bible just becomes like any other book on my shelf. I just take it off and read it and put it back. But imagine if we treated the Bible like the very words of the mightiest, most majestic, the most magnificent person that ever is. How would that change how we read it? How we respond to what it says? How would it change how we listen on a Sunday? How we listen right here? How we listen in a small group? Or just on our own. It's the same words. I need to remember who is speaking. A mighty, majestic, magnificent Lord. And here's our last big idea. This mighty, majestic, magnificent Lord is the King and the King who cares. Our last idea is the Lord is the king and he's a king who cares. At the start I said that this uh, vision is over three chapters and, and next week Phil is going to tell us from chapter 11 about the contents but, but here in chapter 10 we get a bit of lifting of the lid. Just a glimpse of, of what's going on underneath and, and I want us to notice two things. I want us to see that the, this vision is about the Lord who, who stands behind the wheels of history but a Lord who cares. Remember verse 1, it, this vision is about a great war. And, and then in verse 13, we read something pretty funny. We read, But the prince of Persia, of the Persian kingdom, resisted me, this is the angel, for 21 days. As I first read that, I thought, how is an angel being resisted by a man? That makes no sense. But prince here is not talking about a man. It's talking about a supernatural being. In the same way as the verse continues, then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Michael, the archangel. A supernatural being. Or, or, or just think of how Jesus speaks of the devil the, as the prince of this world. 
See, this is just lifting the lid on a much bigger vision, on a much bigger battle that's going on. And that's what we see in, in verse 20, where he talks about the, the prince of Greece coming. Now, here's the big idea. Kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Daniel has seen Assyria come, Assyria go, and Dan- Babylon come, Babylon go. The Medo-Persians come and we see soon to go. The Greeks will come and they'll go. Kingdoms come and kingdoms go, but the Lord stands behind it all, accomplishing his purposes. There may be a battle, but it is not a fair fight. The Lord stands behind it all as the great mighty one who makes all the wheels of history turn. But into this context, into this global context, we see he still cares for Daniel. Did you notice the number of times this angel that touched Daniel. Verse 10, the angel come and he, he touches Daniel, he lifts him up onto his knees. And then verse 11, he, he says, you who are highly esteemed. I've been sent to you to tell you what is going to happen. But Daniel is just speechless. He just, he just, he just can't do it. He, he's just gone. Verse 15, he, he's just completely speechless about it. And so again, uh, the angel comes and he touches him. And this time, verse 16, he touches his lips. Uh, just like Isaiah's lips were touched in Isaiah 6. And there that was Isaiah being purified. And so here it's like he's being purified, being made right. But again, Daniel is just completely in awe. He says, verse 17, My strength is gone, I can hardly breathe. And so again, a third time, the angel comes and he touches him and he gives him strength. The angel assures him of his love for him. There's going to be a global battle, but the Lord still cares about Daniel. The Lord is the king of all history, making the wheels turn, but the Lord is still the Lord who cares. And how do we know that is true today? Well, it's because we stand the other side of the BC line. We stand after Christ. We know that there was a man who was sent, who was not like a man, but was a real flesh and blood man. A man who was not a messenger, but was the very word of God. A a man who came to turn water into wine, feed the 5,000, heal the sick, raise the dead, and would say, today in your seeing, the kingdom of God is here. A man who single-handedly took on the powers of the world, the flesh and the devil. Came to disarm and defeat them. A man who at the point when those powers of the world, the flesh and the devil thought they had won as they nailed those those nails into his hands upon the cross. At that moment was the moment when his foot came down and 
crushed their head and won the battle, defeated his foes. And so three days later, when he rose again, he brought him a kingdom that would never perish, spoil or fade. A kingdom that will last forever. There is a man who stands upon his throne, who makes all of history turn. But that same man is the shepherd who goes after the one lost sheep. Is a man who washes the feet of his friends, even those he knew would betray him. A man who stoops tenderly to wipe the tears from our eyes. Jesus is the king of the world who makes all history turn and the king who cares for you for me. So how does Daniel 10 sit with us today? Well, it does challenge us about our view of how we, of whether we long to hear the Lord speak. These words we have are the words of the living Lord, more precious than gold and sweeter than honey. And we're just fools if we don't listen to them. We're just fools. But more than that, actually, if we're living in God's world and we're not listening to God's word, then we're being mean to ourselves. You're trying to live in a way that, without God, that's just going to be really hard. You're giving yourself a burden that you don't need. We need to listen to God's word. as a church and as individuals. But Daniel 10 also is lifting the lid on who is we're, we're listening to. That, that m- mighty, majestic, magnificent Lord who is beyond description, who is the King of all, who makes the world turn, but the one who stoops so tenderly. Is it a comfort to know that there is not a country king or company that sits outside of the Lord? Nothing can oppose him. The Lord will accomplish his purposes. But at the same time, the Lord is the one who will stoop down so tenderly, wipe the tears from your eyes and hold your hand in your darkest moment and say, you are my beloved. Let me hold and carry you, and I'll bring you home. The Lord is the King who sits above all, and the King who cares. Let's listen to his words today. Let's pray. Loving Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is good. Thank you that it lifts up our head. Thank you that it points us to the great King. May we listen to your word today and see you as our great King of all and the King who cares. Amen.